1: Hi, this is Annie. And this is Bridget. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. For today's classic, sminty classic, we're bringing back an older episode. I think this was back when Kristen and Molly were hosting, and Molly was like one of the first hosts, um, where they discuss... The differences between Mrs., Miss, and and Mister. Also, but like most of us probably know that one. Um, and it's something that a lot of you wrote in about after we did our episode on uh, changing last names. And it's something that confuses both Bridget and I still. <laughs>
0: I know, off mic, we were just having this conversation. Um, I would say Annie and I, we are we're like reasonably smart people. Yeah. <laughs> Let me break it down for you. We do not know the difference between Miss and
1: Mrs. I thought I did. And I thought I, I did too. I really offended someone um in high school and it kind of like scarred me in a <laughs> for life. And now I, I just feel this this nervousness of that moment of what do I do? Here we go. (laughs) I try to avoid it.
0: Yeah, I uh, call a lot of women by their last names for this specific reason, to just avoid the issue.
1: Yeah. And um, it's not an issue only in the United States. I know in France there's Madame and Mademoiselle. Uh, It's just this strange, it's, it's sort of another thing that comes with being a woman, that men don't have to really deal with. I mean, we even have to check it on forms. Like, I don't even know what I
0: am. Every time I check it, I think, I hope the the government isn't going to be at my door for me
1: getting this wrong and, you know, investigating me for fraud because I said I was a miss and not missus. Right, because it's, I mean, they're going to talk about all of this in the episode, but there there seems to be a second level to it that I wasn't aware of of age based or something, I don't know.
0: So hopefully we'll 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 listen to this episode and we'll get a crash course in it and hopefully it'll 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 teach us a thing or two Annie and we'll never have to be anxious about it again. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never
2: Told You from howstuffworks.com. there and welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen and this is Molly. So Molly, we got a lot of response from our wonderful mom stuff listeners about our podcast on why women keep or give up their maiden names. Yes, everyone's story is fascinating. Yeah, we got great stories from guys and girls who kept their maiden name, guys who took their wife's names, all sorts of versions of uh, of what they did with their last names when they got married. But one question that came up a lot in these listener Mm -hmm. emails was about what to do if you are a woman who keeps her maiden name and you want to signify that you are married, but you still have your maiden name. You don't have the same last name as your husband. What do you do? For instance, I will refer to this email from a listener named Lucy and Lucy kept her maiden name when she got married. And she says, um, among all the questions I receive is, uh, one how will people know if you're married if you don't have the same name as your husband and I was interested to see if you have any data or thoughts with regard to what title women who keep their maiden name prefer to adopt I don't feel like a Mrs because I've not taken my husband's name and Ms seems to suggest that I've divorced <laughs> that I've divorced a lot of people <laughs> so I've stuck with Miss for now uh, but even this has created problems recently when I was applying for car insurance and the website wouldn't permit me to state that I was a Miss and married yeah so, sticky situation. It is
3: very sticky because, you know, we got email from listeners who are like, Mrs. So-and-so is my husband's mother mm-hmm. if I haven't taken that last name. So, and you know, if you're addressing wedding invitations to people,
2: what do you put? Yeah, what's the etiquette for it? And then some people have hang-ups with the title Ms. because mm-hmm. it seems to have, uh, I don't know, political connotations these days that they might not like. So, so we decided to
3: where the connotations yeah, came let's from. Yeah,
2: take, let's take this Maiden Names Part 2 mm-hmm. and look at the difference between Ms., Mrs., Miss, and try to figure this out and answer some of y'all's questions. Okay. So Molly, let's start with um, just the basic etymology of Mrs. Okay. Because back in the day, you know, your mom was probably Mrs. Edmonds. My mom she was still Mrs. still is as Conger. far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. <laughs> um, that was, you know, the general title that, that American wives gave themselves. So uh, according to the online etymology dictionary, um, Mrs. was an ab- abbreviation of Mistress, and um, it was the plural uh, from the French Madame. Mm-hmm. And the pronunciation missus was considered vulgar until at least the 18th century. And it was considered one's wife from around 1920. So it actually hasn't been around as long as I thought it had been.
3: So it was vulgar because people from very early on got this connotation with um, the French brothels, if you will. There were madames operating these nightclubs where shady dealings were done. But originally just mistress was meant to show that you had power over underlings, basically, yeah, if you're it was a running out of state, symbol. then that meant that you had, uh, you know,
2: maybe servants that you were taking care of. It was just a position of power. Yeah, and you al- often hear in older literature the the uh, the, the term mistress of the house. Mm-hmm. She's the one who takes care of all the house affairs. She's not necessarily someone's wife. And she wasn't necessarily the woman that your husband is having an affair with. Right. Like that connotation came along much later as well. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, you have miss, which was usually used just to denote a younger girl. Right. So to abbreviate mistress, they got
3: Mrs. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then to say, OK, Mrs. is sort of an older lady with this power. The the young miss of the house yes. has no power yet. She's going to school. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that required accents. I don't know. Um. But then in the 19th century, what we've got is the Industrial Revolution. And so more women head off to the workplace. They're not just stuck in these big old estates anymore. And for one reason or another, the other people that they're working with wanted to know if they're married or not.
2: Yeah, social availability. Yeah, who who is available in this sweatshop? Yeah, so the use of Miss versus Mrs. to define whether or not you were married um, came out as a result of women in the workplace and, I guess, men wanting to know whether or not They could court them. Mm -hmm.
3: So then another common thing for women in the workplace was to be a secretary. Yes. And the secretaries would type up all the correspondence for their uh, boss and there was the question of if you're sending a letter to a lady and you don't know if she's a miss or a missus, what do you do? You don't want to offend her. That was sort of the first real instance of miss as this um, generic term for a woman.
2: Yeah, this is something that these secretaries came up with and uh, the first use of Ms., Uh, well, the Oxford English Dictionary attributes the first formal use of Ms. to a book called The Simplified Letter, which was published in 1952 for the National Office of Management Association.
3: Right. So if you're a secretary, this is the book you get, and it says when you don't know how to address a woman, just put Ms. in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but some people do um, date the first use of Ms. all the way back to 1767 when they said that it appeared on the tombstone of a woman named Sarah Spooner. And it w- again, it was
3: just another abbrevi- abbreviation for mistress like... Mrs. MRS was. Mm-hmm. So originally it's just this abbreviation. It's this way to, um, you know, avoid confusion in letter writing. And then the feminists got a hold of it and they got a hold of it through these
2: secretarial handbooks. Right, we have second wave feminism which comes up in the 1960s and 1970s and their tagline, one of the taglines at least of the movement was uh, personal is political. And it's really this idea of women uh, changing how they are perceived in, um, in their daily lives, through um, political actions, and in 1970, the National Organization for Women um, made a formal uh, request for, or passed a formal resolution, calling for the use of "Ms." to denote either single, married, whatever, so that women would no longer have to be defined in terms of uh, whether or not th- they were connected to another man. Because right. as a Mister, anybody is a Mister, sing- mm-hmm. single, single. Married, divorced, widowed, whatever. He's going to be Mr. his whole
3: life. Everyone's a Mr. So they were thinking, by definition, there should be a term that all women can be as well. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to the Made Name podcast, along with this is sort of the same movement. Hey, don't change your name. When you're introduced to someone as Mrs. You know John Wayne, you are putting yourself out in the world as this person's wife. Mm-hmm. And by being Ms. Molly Edmonds, I guess if I married John Wayne... Then I'm presenting the world I'm presenting myself to the world as me as opposed to this person's property. I don't know why I thought of John Wayne. <laughs>
2: I don't know, but I'm picturing your wedding photos right now, and it's kind
1: of awesome. A Wild West wedding. Yes.
0: This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halo.
1: Between being on video calls all day, having to wear masks everywhere, and now using our eyes and only our eyes to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes arches and halos
0: is our favorite brow products that is so easy to find pick up and with a few quick steps have the most
1: amazing brows ever they have professional quality products at the perfect price point celebrity makeup artists use arches and halos because of how well done the formulas are and they are half the price of department store brands
0: Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. This episode is brought to you by China. The China brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness.
1: Yes, and right now that is more important than ever especially when we're all apart. So recently, I had a group and we had a, a socially distanced barbecue where the host drew out circles and chalk that were nice. six feet apart. And everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun. Yeah.
0: And I'm with the disposable products. I know that the Chinet brand provides durable and trusted products, which I have used before that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers and traditional or
1: now not. And there are classic white products that can work for any gathering or cut crystal plates and cups when you want to make something a little extra special. Disposable tableware keeps things simple and cleanup easy. Chynet products are available wherever you buy groceries, including delivery or pickup. <laughs> The interesting thing
2: about this push for Ms. to become adopted by a lot of women is the number one force mm-hmm. holding out against Ms. the anti-Miz faction,
3: led by the New York Times. Yeah, this was amazing to me in the research. You know, there, there was some quote I read that at, at one point when the New York Times was describing a party that um, Gloria Steinem hosted, they had to say, you know, Miss Steinem, who works at Miz Magazine... So the only way they'd refer to Ms. was in relation to the magazine. Mm -hmm. So the New York Times basically holds this editorial standard like
2: we're not going to change to Ms. even though every other newspaper is doing it. It's just, it's we don't need it. Yeah, and they got flack from other publications as well. I think Time published a piece in the early, maybe late 70s, early 80s, lambasting the New York Times for not switching over to Ms. Because a lot of other major news outlets had adopted Ms. as the honorific title
1: mm-hmm. for
2: women. And it wasn't until 1984, when Geraldine Ferraro is running on the Democratic ticket for vice president, that the New York Times finally caves.
3: Geraldine Ferraro was married to a man named John Zaccaro. I may not be pronouncing that right, but she kept her maiden name. So she was Geraldine Ferraro married to John Zacharo. So she should have been Mrs. Zacharo, but she kept her maiden name. Now, what she wanted to be called was either Ms. Ferraro, because she liked that sort of terminology that these people had adopted, or Congresswoman Ferraro. Um, But, you know, there was this debate with George
2: H.W. Bush, and he made this big deal out of calling her Mrs. Ferraro. Yeah, she would refer to, she referenced him as Vice President Bush, and he would come back at her with, well, Mrs. Ferraro.
3: Right, and you know, it was seen as this move to put her, like, s- distinctly in a domestic sphere, as opposed to a woman who could Uh, hold a leadership role. And I do remember reading that when Biden debated Palin, that one of the biggest mistakes he could have made was to have said Mrs. Palin as opposed to Governor Palin. So there's this big um, sticky situation in 1984, spearheaded by Geraldine Ferraro. And this is only when the New York Times says, "Okay, to denote the fact that she's this woman in a certain situation, we're going to call her Ms. Ferraro, Mm -hmm. to take out sort of these uh, politics of being married or not.
2: Right. And I think that I think the New York Times still does use Mrs. on occasion because uh, one article that I read recently uh, was talking about uh, the number of uh, Congresswomen who go by Ms. and some who prefer Mrs. Like I want to say that um, Olympia Snow, for instance, is a Ms. Whereas Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, I think, is actually Mrs. Clinton.
3: And see, that's the thing is. At this point, because it doesn't really catch on the way the feminists designed it to. The, the fact that the New York Times is holding out shows that not every woman immediately was like, yeah, let's all be Ms."
2: Yeah, one thing that, uh, one kind of strange childhood memory. I don't know why it stuck in my head so much, Molly. But I remember um, being pretty young and my mom was a teacher. And this was probably in, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And I remember her complaining about her the school where she taught forcing the well not forcing but wanting to institute women just going by ms all Mm -hmm. the female teachers no longer being miss or mrs just doing ms across the board probably to simplify things yeah um and i remember her complaining and saying you know what this is not right that my school is trying to turn me into ms conger because i am mrs conger yeah I've been Mrs. Conger for years and years and years, and I don't like the sound of Ms., to be yeah. to be honest. I mean, it's sort of the
3: same thing when you're deciding to change your maiden name. If you've already been Mrs. So-and-so for however many years, it's not natural necessarily to just all of a sudden become Ms. So-and-so.
2: Yeah, and on the flip side of it, I'm sure that there are plenty of women out there who would consider Ms. to feel far more empowering than Mrs. Or for people like us, Molly, who are unmarried women... I wouldn't necessarily like to call myself Miss Conger. It does seem a little demeaning when a guy calls me Miss Conger. Like, yeah, he's going to pat me on the head. No, It
3: makes you sound very small. Like, I think those age connotations are still there. But, you know, this connotation of Ms. now people see Ms. you know, attached to Edmonds or Conger, and they probably just assume, well, that's because she's of a certain age and still unmarried. They might see it um, on other women as a sign of being divorced. Like, mm-hmm. I think now there's this connotation because... Uh, The married women don't necessarily want to backtrack and become Ms. so-and-so, that if you're um, Ms. so-and-so, that you're trying to hide something, either the fact that you're unmarried, divorced,
2: or a raging feminist. And a lot of the studies that I found about the use of Ms., it kind of echoes all of this, saying that uh, Ms. hasn't replaced, really hasn't replaced Ms.'s on a wide scale. Women are still choosing. I'd say it's probably 50-50. But it is more of a replacement for Miss.
3: Yes, I think we are getting rid of the myths except for young girls, but it's still this choice about whether you want to adopt all this, you know, for, for lack of a better term, feminist baggage. If it was the fe- It's the same thing we discussed in our feminism podcast where people don't really like this label of feminist. And so as a result, they may not like this label of title that the feminists came up with and pushed for.
2: But one thing, Molly, that I, that surprised me when I was researching all of this, because you, when you're referring to feminist baggage, I found um, a couple of studies uh, on people's perceptions towards women who label themselves as Ms. Mm-hmm. as opposed to Miss or Mrs. And I was kind of expecting the results to say that, you know, people perceive women Who call themselves Ms. as being more, you know, uptight Mm -hmm. and rigid and whatever. Go down the list, Um, but it was actually quite the opposite. People who um, are label label themselves as Ms. are perceived simply as more having more control over their lives, maybe being better achievers um, and better educated and having more. Uh, I think the term they used was agency over their world. Um, At the same time, they were perceived as less communal, but nevertheless still um, very powerful as individuals.
3: Which is why I think you see Ms. used a lot in the workplace. We were reading this article that said a lot of women are Ms. so-and-so in the workplace, and then when they go home, they're Mrs. so-and-so. And it may just be for ease. You know, you're taking your kid to school, and it's easier to say, you know, I'm Mrs. X, X being the same last name as your child's last name. So... Um, they were talking sort of about these dual lives that women lead, where in their workplace they're this very strong, independent woman as defined by their Ms. whereas when they go home, they'll still take on these traditional roles. Almost, you know, the writer posited that maybe it was to prove that their success in their job hadn't defeminized them in some way.
2: Smiley, if we do have these women who, plenty of women, who are Ms. sometimes and they're Ms. other times or for women like us who are unmarried and we could be Ms. or we could be Miss. What is, what is the etiquette? Let's answer our, let's answer our listeners' questions. Okay. Let's turn to Emily Post. Yes. Emily Post. The maven of social etiquette. Yeah, basically, um, as far as business terms, it is true. Ms. is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, if you, when in doubt, I would go Ms. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you assume
3: that it's Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so, that can be just as offensive, I think, as
2: doing it the other way. Now, according to Emily Post, now her example is someone named Jane Johnson. Yes. This is a maiden name, Jane Johnson. Emily Post says that if you are married, Jane Johnson, and you keep that maiden name, you're new formal address is Ms. Jane Johnson.
3: Which is also your form of address if you are single. You are still, and, and your maiden name unmarried, you can still be Ms. Jane Johnson.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, but if you're married and you use your husband's name socially, then and your husband's last name is Kelly, then obviously you would be Ms. Jane Kelly mm-hmm. in social settings. But what about divorce, Molly?
3: Now, if you're divorced, you can choose the, to keep the misses. It, it seems like it'd be confusing, but you can still be Mrs. Jane Kelly. You yeah, because someone someone will keep their... I mean, if you've already got kids and time. you're trying to match your kids, you might keep it. Sure. Um, so instead of being Mrs. John Kelly, who in this hypothetical Emily Post situation is who she's married to, you would still be Mrs. Jane Kelly um, or Ms. Jane Kelly. Or if you go back to the maiden name, then you can be Ms. Jane Johnson. So basically, once you're divorced, it's just a grab bag. It, it really is. is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you're addressing an invitation to a couple, um, this is probably the most confusing scenario. If uh, the couple's married and she's still using the maiden name as opposed to using the husband's name socially or just taking it all together. Um, okay, Mary using maiden name. It would be Mr. John Kelly and Ms. Jane Johnson. Ms. Jane Johnson and Mr. John Kelly because you don't always have to put the man first. No.
0: Finally, <laughs> what strides we've made. This episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You is brought to you by
1: HelloFresh. Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable.
0: And while we're under a quarantine, I will say HelloFresh has so many recipes. It's been wonderful because it gets me out of my rut and I'm able to try new recipes instead of my same old, same old.
1: And they offer contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family so you don't have to have some stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. Even better, HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients means there's less prep for you
0: and less food waste. So if you're ready to try some of the delicious food from HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com momstuff80 and use code momstuff80
1: to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's hellofresh.com momstuff80 and use code MOMSTUFF80 to get a total of $80 off and free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So we know, listeners, it's been rough for a lot of people out there, and we've been very open about our experiences with therapy and how it's been so helpful for us in the past and in the present. And because of that, we wanted to highlight... A service that we think might be of help to you all, BetterHelp, which offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen and to help.
0: You can talk with your counselors in a private online environment at your own convenience from wherever you're comfortable. And BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas.
1: They can give you access to help that might not be available in your area. And you just have to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a counselor in under 48 hours.
0: BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code
1: momstuff. Get started today at betterhelp.com/momstuff. That's better h slash l p.com/momstuff. Talk to a therapist online and get help.
2: Now, finally, Molly, in case anyone's wondering, if you are addressing something to an unmarried couple living together, oh no, um, you're supposed to put their names on two separate lines. She is very insistent about that. <laughs> two separate lines, not joined. So you only get end. one line when you're married. Yeah. So, Jane Johnson, you're going underneath John <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> or above. Or above. But just not on the same line. Just not on the
3: same line. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it sounds silly, but a lot of people just put all this politics into who goes first. And the thing about it is, is that Ms. versus Miss versus Mrs. has taken on um, this political connotation the same way that your last name has, because it's how you present yourself to the world. But the thing that was interesting in researching this is that this kind of um, gendered language is all around us. Yeah, absolutely. In ways we don't even realize I think that this one gets the most attention because it's most prominent because you do introduce yourself with the name. But we are reading examples, um, some feminist critiques of language, if you will. Um, Take the terms spinster and bachelor. Yeah. They mean the same thing. And totally different connotations. Which one would you rather be? I'd rather
2: be the bachelor. (laughs) Yeah, he's living it up where the spinster's just buying more cat food. Yeah. Emily, while gender-neutral language can be cumbersome, to keep up with let's be honest yeah and some uh, sometimes i think it is important for women to think about it though in terms of this ms versus mrs debate and the spencer versus uh bachelor and going down the line where uh why is it that w- with a lot of our language um the uh terms used to describe women uh related to their sexual life their sex mm-hmm. life or their relationships are usually very um, negative unless it is attached to a partner. Exactly. Where your miss is. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And I think that it's time to uh, maybe think of some new terms. Sminty <laughs> gals, if you have any awesome empowering terms for for single women. Or married women. Or married women. Or guys. Just ladies. Yeah, we want to hear them. Because I would, I would really like a uh, an alternative dispenser or cat lady. <laughs> What's the What's the female bachelor? Yeah, what's the female bachelor? And I don't want to hear cougar. I'm not talking about
3: cougar. Oh my God, I hate that word. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, well, before we close out, let's read some more interesting maiden name stories. How about that? That sounds great. I'm going to start off with an email from Sarah who writes, first things first. I am transgendered. I was once a dude and now I'm a chick, which is awesome. She put that in like bold. Um, When I told my family at 14 about myself, they promptly threw me out of their house and their lives. The lovely people that took me in saved my life and allowed me to take their family name so I could completely distance myself from the past. Uh, 16 years later, I'm engaged to a pretty great guy, and when we get married or civil partnered, he's taking my family name. He understands that it's a name that means a lot to me, that it's very much my identity, and I want to honor the people that raised me. Uh, His family, though, took a while to get used to the idea. Thankfully, the name issue was a bigger problem than my gender wonkiness. But now they're on board, and we're moving ahead. We could have both kept our regular names, but adoption agencies like their applicants to have the same name if they're married. So there you go.
2: A different point of view. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Well, Molly, I have another listener mail from another Sarah. Oh, wow. How about them apples? Uh, Sarah wanted to share her perspective on the topic of maiden names. She said that she has been married for almost 19 years. She worked as an engineer for several, several years before meeting her husband and then several more years before marrying him. So it was already well known to people in her field that her maiden name, um, that, what her maiden name was, and she didn't want to change it. So... She would say, add to this that my mother-in-law had never been in favor of our wedding, so becoming known by what I considered her name was even more objectionable to me. However, knowing that we would have children someday, I decided to add his last name to mine, more like the South American style. I didn't hyphenate... Um, my name, though. For our children, uh, they use my husband's last name, but I still can use whichever I feel is right at the moment, be it at work or around the family. Kind of like the Ms. Mrs. Switch Up. Yeah. Uh, this has worked well for us even after we decided to homeschool our children. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> know about that. And the last name in common was less of an issue. I feel people should use whatever fits them. One of my sons wants to legally add my maiden name to his name when he turns 18. He feels that my maternal side of the family needs to be shown and continued on through him and hence would also have a dual last name. He's open to the idea of adding his ultimate wife's name to the mix as well. My other sons don't see the big deal either way in this matter. But as for me, I'm glad I just added my husband's name to the mix. That way I kept my name which my parents gave me And which I like Including my middle name And added to my identity Of my new family By adding my husband's name Just my thoughts on this topic
3: Okay Very nice Here's one from Liza um, So Liza is about to get married On October 30th So have a nice wedding day Liza If you hear that before yeah. if you hear this before Uh, Liza's a working artist and a hand engraver as a wedding gift my father has made Michael and myself a set of plates and bowls he too is an artist and where I get my talent from so the dishes are amazing except for the E in the center uh, which is the letter that Michael's last name starts with I won't say here her dad had assumed that she would take the name i have no desire to i even made the argument that if michael finds it unreasonable then it is on the table then is it on the table for he to take mine answer being no so now i don't want to break my dad's heart he spent months on these plates hand throwing them on the wheel i love the gift but i'm offended that he assumed i would take my husband's name especially since i was raised to have my own identity and belong to myself above all
2: mm-hmm.
3: that stinks tricky situation
2: but, but I, have, I have all the faith that they are going to work it out before October 30th.
3: I mean, I'll also throw out that my last name starts with an E, so if they want uh, to give the dishes and plates and bowls to me, I, I mean, I could just take this problem right off their hands. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how Michael would feel about it, but I'm just throwing it out there. Always thinking of number
2: one, Molly. That's good. <laughs> Independent woman. Um, and to close things out, I have an email from Jay, who, drumroll please, took his wife's name. Wow. Um, I considered this greatly during our engagement period. We looked into traditions and determined that we had no particular reason to honor traditions as they were antiquated and held no real meaning to us. So what we did take into account were a few factors. He said, my side of the family has two other boys that carry on the name and one of those boys already has a son. So the name carries on to the next generation. Of course, this relies on the sexist tradition to continue, but that seems likely. Number two, my wife's family name was going to die off if she were not going to keep it going. Uh, this went back for several generations that we could trace, and while she was never adamant about keeping her name alive, it seemed to be a fair consideration. Three, we want to have an unhyphenated common family name. Personal preference here, certainly, but we wanted our children to have parents with the same last name and to keep it simple. And four, when we considered the traditional reasons for taking a name, I felt extremely welcomed and accepted into my wife's family throughout our relationship, and there was no reason for this acceptance to have any less validity than any acceptance from my family. Uh, Because I spent the time to research this and investigate my true intentions, I felt entirely justified in my decision to take my my wife's name. I haven't suffered any ridicule from my friends from this because it was my decision and my choice, not something that I was put into a position to consider. My family did have issues initially, but everyone respected my choice. This is probably the most important thing for anyone to consider in changing one's name. Why are you doing so, and what do you believe in those reasons? For me, the fact that it was the traditional thing to do was not enough of a reason." So,
1: very okay. good insight.
2: Thank you, Jay. Yeah. And if you guys have any insight on this topic or just have a question or comment for Molly, feel free to email us at momstuff at And during the week, you can head over to our blog called How To Stuff. And if you just want to read and expand your mind horizon, Have your mind blown. Have your mind blown by words on a screen, you should head over to our website, HowStuffWorks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of
1: other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
2: Hi, I'm Amy Nelson.
3: And I'm Sam Edis. We're the hosts of iHeart's newest podcast, What's Her Story with Sam and Amy? We both have our own businesses, and between us, we have seven children. And since the moment we met, we've been sharing our stories with each other. The thing is, we all know the stories of industry titans like Bezos and Jobs, but the stories of women, they remain incomplete. We ask questions no one else even touches. We are not afraid to get personal. So listen to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.